Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guest. Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode number 76. You're with myself, Paul Spain. Bill Bennett. And Paul Brislin. Great to have uh, both of you on the show. Thanks for, uh, for coming along. Oh, no problem. It's good yeah. to be here. Great. It's good. Now, uh, Bill, you've been on the, on the show uh, recently in the last few weeks, so it's nice to, uh, nice to have you back again so soon. Thanks. And uh, Paul, you're uh, you're here with your uh, wearing your uh, CEO of Two Ants um, hat, and I guess tech enthusiast hat as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One and the same. One and the same. It's all good. So um, yeah, great, great to have you back. I think it's probably been, a, it's been about ages. a year or so since uh, <laughs> since since we last had you on. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a long time between talks. So really, this week we we have got a lot to uh, a lot to get through, and there's a lot going on that really relates to um, or two ands, which is uh, Telecommunications uh, Users Association of That's New Zealand. Us. Is that right? Yep, yep. Twenty six years old. Um, uh, yes, uh, fighting the good fight on behalf of telco users uh, right across the board here in New Zealand. Excellent. Well, I think that, that I mean. Uh, these days, anything to do with tech is usually fairly closely associated with um, with telecommunications mm. because just about anything we do now um, relies on internet, mobile, mobile data, etc. Right. So, um, uh, yeah, I think we're, we're we're fairly closely aligned. Oh, there's there's no escape, is there? It's it's uh, fully connected. Um, never mind about the cloud and all the talk around there. It's uh, it, you, you're very un, unusual these days to find a, a standalone computer that's not connected to something else, one way or another. Uh, and everybody's got them in their pockets, of course, these days. So, yep. uh, and yeah. and our TVs and and everything else is really uh, is really all getting network, networked up. Well, let's let's dive in mm. um, now. First up, we we were just chatting a few minutes ago about um, telecom shutting down their their CDMA network, which I guess it's that's their analog network, isn't it? It's re- really yeah, their their, it's their old their old network. That's um, right. That it's uh, it's time to switch off the lights at the end of the month. Well, they've, uh, they've, they've long signalled this. They said, uh, we're moving to the, uh, the shiny new world of GSM, which is um, uh, the, the main difference is Vodafone use GSM and Telecom use CDMA. Uh, and the acronyms don't seem to mean much of anything to anybody. And even GSM, sort of, we've moved yeah, on yeah. since, since we then have, as we well. Have. It's grown, yeah. grown out of that. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, Telecom uh, has said they'll switch this network off. Uh, they need the spectrum. They're going to repurpose it for um, the fourth generation of cell phone technology that's coming along. So uh, they've um, they've put a stake in the ground and said we'll do it at the end of this month. There is a slight problem with that, and that would be the hundreds of thousands of customers still using it, which uh, has has proven to be rather resistant to the idea of moving them off to uh, to either XT or to a competitor. They're quite happy using their old technology. So the the question is: is that line in the sand, which is uh, you know, uh, what are we just a few days away mm. now? Uh, is that line in the sand enough, or do you think Telecom are going to get to uh, the the last day of July and say, "Oh, we're we're pushing yeah. this out for an, another month or two, or, well, or is there no way they can do that? No, they, I think I think they've got a, a project underway. They've got a body of work. It, it takes quite a, a bit of effort to switch off a network. Uh, I don't think they'll be able to back away from it. They they really do have to keep on, uh, and uh, there will be some grumpy customers out there. The, the networks don't match one directly to another, so there will be some underlap and some overlap, places where you could get both networks and places where you won't be able to get any coverage because XT simply isn't there. Uh, that will prove to be um, uh, rather noisy in the few days after the switch-off, I think. Well, I think there's another complication. Isn't it right that the, the, the customers that are remaining are the ones that are... To use the mm. industry term, a low-value customers, bottom feeders, the ones who don't spend much. Uh, yeah, well, when I when I look at the people that I that I know that are in that in that category, mm. um, you know, family members who uh, you know don't use a, a a smartphone, don't use mobile the yeah. way we do. You know, they grew up with with yeah. with landlines or even without landlines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and mobile isn't you know a key part of their lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, they spend a very very small amount of money. You know, a lot of prepaid customers. I'm sure there are, there are some for other reasons uh, that the coverage issues mm. are, are part of it. But uh, you know, our modern networks are generally you know generally covered most of uh, most of the bases in terms of the That's coverage right. areas that, that, right. that we had before. So. And, and are they in the um, small towns as well? Uh, yeah, predominantly, from what I can tell, anyway. Uh, talking to members around the country, 
uh, we're talking predominantly in the South Island, uh, and I guess a lot of their res- reluctance to move over to XT stems from the big XT outage, uh, where they would have been completely cut off without uh, without CDMA there to back them up. So there's there is a, a fair bit of resistance. Um, these customers are all active. You know, they, they're not, we're not talking about the the phone in the glove box, which hasn't been used for six months. They're actually using their phones. Uh, and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what these customers do after the switch-off, whether they then go to XT or whether they say, no, you know what, we, we actually need to have a look around. I know Two Degrees is making a big big push for these customers at the moment. Except and, that um, Two Degrees isn't in a lot of those small Well, that's, that's the problem. Yeah. Is they, they then roam on Vodafone's network. It's an extra complication. Yeah. It's a little bit trickier to manage. So, it, it, yeah, it'll be interesting to see just what these customers do. Yeah, definitely. Now, I guess p- part of the picture is the handsets that they're going to, and that's that's part of the equation. Mm. So, um, you know, there are certainly a few handsets out there at that sort of uh, low end, but you know, hopefully, that's a little bit of a chance for us to see a few more people sort of step into um, some smarter devices and then and, and yeah. move up from these really old school, um, you know, t- telecom CDMA oh, handsets right. that they've yeah, got at the yeah. moment. Well, I, I was wondering if we can say at this point whether Skinny has worked or not. It doesn't appear to have done. It's it's very um, it, it's noisy on Facebook and nowhere else. Yeah. Uh, and I get a little I wonder bit, I um, wonder even if if listeners know what what Skinny, what, what skinny is, is, right? Well, that's right. Skinny is um, uh, if you talk to Telecom, they will say Skinny is an entirely different company that just happens to use the Telecom network. Uh, this is a lie. It's not true at all. Skinny is simply a marketing term for uh, a, a market segment that Telecom wants to uh, tackle in a particular way. And they've so got a new they've brand. To created a whole separate brand. Exactly. It's it's uh, an exercise in uh, trying to be a little bit edgy. They're on Facebook. They don't advertise in the normal way. It's all very um, um, exciting advertising. I'm sure the uh, marketing people have had a great fun putting it all together. Uh, but I just don't see it gaining much traction. Yeah, I haven't seen any numbers to, and I don't, mm. you know, I don't think they're probably too keen to to share any uh, any numbers just yet. But yeah, it will be it'll be interesting to see whether uh, whether they can gain gain some traction. Yeah. Uh, you know, it certainly takes time to launch launch uh, a new network, even if it's a virtual network like it is, uh, right. and and it usually takes a lot of money. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the, this approach of uh, marketing it through social media and not so much through the mainstream mm. and and expensive channels uh, is probably a fairly unusual thing. I don't know of this having happened anywhere else in the world. To well, be yeah, to th- be fair, to this this extent, right. it's it's a really um, you know it's a really unusual case. Yeah, and and good on them for trying it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like the idea of of trying these new channels and and seeing how it fits. Particularly if that's where your market is, uh, it should work quite nicely. But um, you know, there, there are a few issues with Skinny, uh, and not least of which is uh, that they've decided that um, in order to offer great value to their customers, they must lock the handsets, which means you can't uh, take a handset you've bought from Skinny, from Telecom, and move it to another network. You're, you're trapped on the Telecom network. Skinny tells me that this isn't a problem at all for anybody except me, uh, but I think it's just yet another barrier to switching easily between networks. Right. Uh, so you've got to pay I'd, a fee to unlock, to unlock your phone it. and yeah, so Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, you, you try going overseas with one of these things and then putting in a SIM card while you're overseas to avoid the roaming rates, and you'll rapidly realize that, in fact, it's locked. Uh, and it's it's quite an issue to uh, to unlock it. And, and, and I just think we should not be going down that path at all. And I get the impression that it's not popular with uh, students at say, for example, Auckland University, where no, they're no, all right. on the um, uh, Vodafone network yeah, yeah. and um, can't talk to people on other networks even now without paying premium. Well, that's right, and that's where Two Degrees has really stolen a march on the market by opening the lid on all of that. And I would expect in the next um, six or eight weeks we'll get an announcement from Two Degrees saying it's hit a million customers. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, that is the tremendous good news story of the industry at the moment is the speed with which they've hit it's that. A, it must again be a very unusual oh, case is, on, a, on, a, on a global yeah, basis yeah. to have a new uh, a new a, network a launch and, and win uh, such a large yeah. slice of the market. I think it shows you so how broken the market was. Yeah, yeah, how much pent-up demand there absolutely was. And they've been very smart. You know, a, a lot of the two degrees um, pitch is built around simplicity and around value for money. 
Uh, and yet they've been very careful not to uh, just reduce the price. They've introduced innovation, and, and that's something we've been lacking for a long time. So you get the rollover minutes, you get shared data, things of this sort. The customers say, oh, actually, that'll save me money, and it's much easier for me to manage all of these various devices. Uh, you know, it, it's a great idea, and they, they're really pushing the innovative button quite hard. The, the other telcos, are, you know, Vodafone and Telecom, um, have responded slowly uh, but in a more traditional way, it's all been about pricing and about um, you know increasing the number of minutes or increasing the texts. There's been a, a lack of, um, hey, let's come out of, from left field and try something new. And, yeah, um, it's know. certainly great great to see that uh, that innovation. Mm. Uh, now we've got a um, also, I guess, in the in the telecommunications related space. Um, there's an auction coming up, isn't there? There is. There is. So when we switch off uh, uh, analog TV. Um, Which is in process, isn't it? That's it starting is. to happen around the uh, around the country. Well, yeah, um, over the, over the coming months. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that all uh, officially happens um, at the end of next year. Uh, there'll there'll be a cutoff date. Uh, anybody with an analog TV without one of these um, uh, free view boxes will suddenly find that they can't watch Coronation Street. Uh, so, it's a good opportunity to upgrade to big shiny plasma or LCD flat panel thing that's as big as your wall. So everybody should rush out and do that at once, including me, if I can get my wife to accept the cost of all of that. But uh, it does mean we've got all this free spectrum, uh, and it's in the 700 megahertz band, which is ideal for yeah. uh, fourth-generation cell phone. just brilliant, because it's, it, doesn't, it um, stretches over a decent distance. Mm. It goes through hills to some extent. That's, that's right. Yeah. You can bounce it. Uh, the new technology is called LTE, long-term evolution. It's the fourth-generation cell phone technology. It means you can bounce the signal off buildings. Yeah. Uh, it, it works much better in rural communities, and it's an awful lot smarter. The network behind it is a lot more efficient. So uh, if, we, if we talk speeds and feeds for a moment... Um, with your 3G network, you can get sort of 7 megabits a second download speed. If there's a tailwind and you're the only person on the cell site, it's all quite good. Um, uh, the theoretical maximum with LTE is 155 megabits a second. Which is an awful lot when you're looking a at a little screen. Number. It is, it is. <laughs> and it's smart stuff too. So if you don't need all 155 megabits, it'll allow other yeah. people to be using it. So you, you might just need 30 megabits a second. This kind of capability is tremendous. Uh, we're really pushing it in a big way for uh, as a, uh, a solution for rural New Zealand's biggest problem, which is they simply can't get broadband. Uh, and even with the Rural Broadband Initiative, which uh, is a government-funded um, project underway at the moment, uh, we're still only talking about 5 megabits a second connection speed, which is okay. It's not great, even by today's standards. Mm. In three years' time, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be like dial-up again. And I guess so that's, that will be on. the next stage of the RBI sort mm. of project. Once that sort of rolls out around the country, yeah. uh, there's no reason once the new spectrum becomes available, those cell yep. sites can't be bumped up, and no, we, end, that, up, we right. end up with some really good uh, speeds yeah, in, in those rural locations as well, right? Yeah, I, I get the... I, Having spoken to people, I get the impression that some people will get better speeds than that. But um, oh yeah, yeah, but that's the yeah. that's the that guarantee. Is, that is the that is the minimum guarantee. And they have to have a they have to have something that they're aiming for, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's but, right. I mean, RBI as it stands today uh, is uh, a two part network. It'll be fibre to the schools. Um, uh, there'll be people who are in that line who can get fibre, where today they can't even get dial up speed. So that'll be fantastic. But for the vast bulk of people, it'll be. Uh, a sort of an extension to the copper network off the end of that fibre, plus this fixed wireless service from, from Vodafone, we'd really like to see them um, commit to upgrading all of the RBI towers to LTE speeds uh, as quickly as possible. And now we know where they are. You know, We know where rural New Zealand is. We know mm. where the gaps are. Uh, we've got a perfect opportunity with this auction to say, OK, uh, normally what they would do is just say, we'll, you give us money and we'll give you the spectrum rights. Uh, this time around, we can say, you give us the money, but if you agree to roll out in rural New Zealand uh, in a timely fashion, we'll give you a discount or, or something similar to that yeah, and, the, and really incentivise them to I, do I also, yeah, that, I also that want be to interesting. see um, a use-it-or-lose-it clause. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Although, interestingly, we, we had that with the, uh, the uh, last big auction uh, in 2001, which was for the third-generation cell phone t- network um, capability, 2100 megahertz. Uh, if that had been triggered... Uh, two degrees wouldn't have made it into the market because it took them much longer than they thought to raise the funding. So um, I'm with you, though. You've got to have a use-it-or-lose-it clause. You can't just buy all the spectrum and sit on it, which is what Telecom did a very long time ago in the early days. 
uh, you absolutely have to have um, some, some guarantees around this. The MED, the Ministry of Economic Development, is looking at this at the moment. They've got a team that will work out how to run an auction and announce it shortly. Um, we'll see the auction by the end of the year. My fear is that they do what the Europeans do, uh, and that is make it such a competitive process that we spend hundreds of millions of dollars on the spectrum and then don't have enough money left to roll out the network, which uh, is, is what happened in the early 2000s in Europe, where um, it, it bankrupted a lot of companies. Yeah, British Telecom said, um, can, we, can we have our money back? We'll give you the spectrum back. And the government said, no, thanks very much, but, uh, you know, you're on your own. Well, yeah, well I guess, yeah, I mean, these companies have to be smart about what they bid and, and yeah. uh, you know, they've got, uh, I guess, shareholders to please uh, right. and, and they need to make smart decisions as but well. They so. do. They can't be left out, and that's always the problem, you know. Uh, the likes of Vodafone and Telecom over the years have bought a lot of spectrum that they've never used, predominantly because uh, technology's moved away from uh, the roadmap that they thought it was going down. For a while there, I don't know if you remember, Bill, there was um, LMDS was the new technology. It was oh, going to be the future. <laughs> Everybody had to buy this particular type of spectrum rights, and away we went. LMDS is the future, and then it turned out that it didn't work. So mm-hmm. that was the end of that. And and before, you know, LTE uh, became sort of the flavor of the month, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it looked like WiMAX, WiMAX was going to be yeah, the, that's right. the technology. And, the, you know, quite a few companies around the world that have, that have put some big bucks into it. And... Mm. Uh, uh, you know, now they're junking these these networks, right. and uh, in the US they've spent well billions too. on it. I think there's yeah. still one in Perth, isn't there? Yeah, well, WiMAX is um, in effect a, a variant of LTE. Uh, the two are very similar, um, but all of the devices have moved to this mobile platform, and, and we see a need for mobile-centric device rather than uh, computer-centric. So it's it's. The world has moved on, and you're buying these rights in 20-year blocks. It's, it's hard yeah. to tell which way to jump. Uh, well, well, I was going to say, the danger is, is that governments, particularly the way things are with mm. economies at the moment, they, they just want to maximise the want dollars the they get in. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right. And, um, I mean, if you happen to be Greece, it's pretty understandable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, here in New Zealand, we're not quite in that, that, that place. Yeah. And um, whilst there's a case to be made for, you know, letting the market rule mm. and all that kind of neoliberal stuff, the thing, it, the truth is, is that we've actually got an opportunity here to actually maximise the benefits. Yeah. And um, it would be nice to see a little bit of that thinking. Mm. Yeah, 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 exactly. On. Especially yeah. in rural New Zealand, which is so... They've missed out on so much of the IT revolution of the last 10, 20 years, yeah. predominantly because they're remote and, and you can't connect them. And, and you, you can't can. get away from the fact that that's where all our money comes that's from. Where the, that's the backbone of the economy, yeah. A 5% increase in productivity for rural New Zealand is going to have an awful lot more of an impact than 5% increase here in the cities. Yeah. We've already got a lot of connectivity. Let's let's go rural first. Well, that seems to be the case, and I guess it's the the um, the, the uh, rural broadband initiative actually is going to be completed ahead of the um, uh, ultra-fast broadband mm, in, the, right. in, in the city, so that's good. Uh, now, looking looking uh, looking at some local news on a, on a different topic... Uh, now we've uh, we've just heard in the in the uh, in the last day or so that um, Renaissance, who have been one of the biggest technology distributors in in, in New Zealand, they've had their ups and downs certainly over the last uh, uh, well, I guess twenty twenty years or so since uh, since they've they've been around. Um, and you know, for uh, the last uh, probably decade or so, they've been the the uh, distributor for Apple products here in New Zealand, and I think it's back longer than that. They actually. were they uh, I think they bought out uh, CED, who oh, were the yeah. original Apple distributors. Uh, I mean, they bought a number of companies over the years, but um, uh, their uh, their picture is changing. They're uh, they're they're selling off their uh, their distribution. Arm, which imports the Apple products, of course, is now another distributor in the market for Apple. So that's uh, not as profitable for them as it once was. And Apple have been selling their own products directly into the market via their uh, their website. So it's it's. Um, I don't I don't think the Apple business has been that profitable for them for some time. Actually, mm. um, margins are margins for any PC products are minimal. I mean, you can make more money if you stick your money in the building society than um, you know shipping apples into the country. Mm, yeah. So. Um, we're talking about sort of four or five points tops, um, and so it's 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 a low margin business. They've got to compete with um, Ingram for it. And it's all about operational excellence, the distribution game, which is to some extent why they've gone with Exceed. They've they've actually sold the business to Exceed, which is best known for distributing HP products, and Exceed is like a, a local version of Ingram Micro, which is the big international mm. distributor. 
and they they both build their whole business around operational excellence rather mm. than you know marketing or whatever yeah um, which is to some extent more where renaissance was coming from so um so as a, as a sort of business thing it makes a lot of sense the interesting thing is is what's now left in renaissance yeah what is left we've well, got uh what was called natcol and the ub range of of um stores retail retail outlets yeah, retail would business. predominantly sell uh sell apple product right yeah and and when, when it's not an apple product it's another tech product but you know that's not a game to be in dick smith is pulling out of that business and yep. um the in, in australia the uh, the technology re- retailers are you know pulling back from the market in a big way so they're left with you know a retail business hopefully the margins are going to be better than in the distribution game but part of the advantage of having the the shops and the distributor was that vertical integration that's right it's it's actually why apple stores are such a huge success because apple has you know, totally vertigrated sorry totally vertically integrated vertigrated that is a new word there you go <laughs> <laughs> excellent trademark um, that um but yeah, anyway, so that's quite difficult for them. The other part of their business is the, what was the Nat Cole Colleges, which I think are now called the UB Colleges. Um, well, UB Design, um, design yeah. School. Mm. Yeah. yeah, which is only about, I think it's only about 90 people working for them. Um, yeah, it's it's not the business that Renaissance was five years ago. And, no, and no. I guess that's the case, you know, right across a lot of businesses in, in this country and around the world. The world, you know, the world is, the is, is, yeah. is, is changing. Yeah. Uh, retail is moving more and more online. And, uh, you know, uh, certainly, you know, for myself, the convenience of being able to do commerce online, yep. um, you know, is, well, is, is extremely valuable. We, you know, certainly, you know, yeah, we still go out to stores, uh, but where you can get a product online... Uh, effectively, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. Well, I have to say that my, the best online retail experience I've ever had is with the Apple online store. I mean, right. I've ordered stuff and it's arrived the next day. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Yeah, mm. it's it's yep. it's very slick operation. Yeah, I think it depends what you order. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've I've you know we've had some orders for some lower value items recently. And I've got used to that next day delivery experience on the ho- on the on, on the, the high stuff. value items. <laughs> and you order something sort of small like a, an iPod Touch, and uh, yeah, it's not quite so quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. I, I thought, oh, that's uh, yeah, that's interesting. But they certainly have, have got pretty well known for you mm. know quick deliveries. If you order a, yeah. a, a Mac, you'll often get it uh, get it the next day. Twenty four hours. Yeah. yeah. That's really yeah. remarkable, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, no, it's um, it, it's definitely a changing world, and yeah, I, I mean, I hope this is good for uh, you know for those elements of Renaissance now uh, and and for and for Exceed as uh, as it changes and and, and goes forward. Uh, certainly, it's it's good to have some, um, I guess, some simplification uh, of the dis- you know technology distribution channels in New Zealand. Mm. Um, well, that consolidation's been coming sometime i mean yeah, yeah the thing is is that ingram micro was tech pacific is it stands astride that market like a, a colossus it does it it's, does uh, it's um it's huge but exceed has has a pretty good reputation with the um the dealers mm. uh, at the other end um they're a pretty smart operation too so you know i i, I think it will be good for them mm. i just hope that there's, uh, there's two there's two question marks i understand that part of the deal was was that Exceed has to qualify for as an Apple um, distributor, which I think they did when the deal was struck, um, and that's quite that's apparently quite a high um, hurdle to cross. Um, and the other thing is is whether they can scale up quickly to because you know, it's going to mean a sizable um, amount of extra business for them, mm. um, and that's they're going to have to scale pretty fast. Oh, it'll be interesting to watch that, and I certainly hope there's uh, there's a positive impact anyway from a consumer perspective. So um, we'll we'll wait and see and see how all that pans out. Uh, now, other uh, other uh, news of note, I guess, in uh, in the in the last few days. Uh, last week we talked about uh, Microsoft Surface Tablet, and there's probably mm-hmm. a lot of discussion that we could uh, uh, we could have a, have around that. Um, and uh, following that, later on in the week, were uh, Microsoft's announcement around the uh, 
the new Windows Phone platform, mm. which is really based on uh, on Win- Windows 8 as well to a uh, to a large degree, and and uses that NT. Uh, technology that sits at sort of the core of, of Windows 8. And the, and the official announcement of Yammer too. Um, yeah, that's right, the purchase of Yammer. Yeah, I think yep. what we're seeing is we're seeing Microsoft morph into Apple. Um, it's it's doing the sort of Apple things. At the consumer sort of, at their consumer yeah. end, because mm. of course they're much broader yeah. uh, than Apple in terms of their, their, their products, that's but right. they've... Uh, you know, I guess you, you know you look at how successful Apple has been in terms of profitability uh, off you know what has um, uh, you know been a a market share that was fairly small going back yeah. ten, ten years. They've really grown in the market shares where there's lots of money to be made, um, and uh, and and they're making a lot more uh, margin on their products than uh, anyone else that's playing in the hardware space. Yeah, there's, well, there's something really important here, and that is is that Microsoft now has a strategy. Um, you know, I don't want to sort of sound too harsh, but for <laughs> probably the last five years, if it had a strategy, it wasn't articulating it. It didn't look like it. It was a well-kept secret. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, that's not quite fair because they had a strategy in the service mm. space and, and, and so on. And they do very well there, don't yeah. they? Yeah. But the, but the trouble was they had a lot of product lines which... You know, Office and Windows may be huge, may be big today, but they're they're declining, and yep. they were likely to carry on declining with the tablets right. coming in and so on. Hmm. Um, Windows Phone, you know, yeah. not it's it's a nice Late product. Yeah, the best you can say is it's yeah. not bad. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I I love the as a phone operating system. I love it. Yeah, but. Um, it's just not enough, and it was starting to look a little bit too little, too late. That's right. Um, and I wouldn't say that it was the last roll of the dice, of Microsoft. It's hmm. you know, they're still a large corporation; they're going to go on, yeah. um, much the same as you know when Microsoft displaced IBM. I mean, in some ways, IBM today is a stronger, hmm. uh, more profitable company than it was during that era when it was when it was dominant. Um, but this, I think, puts Microsoft back in the game. Um, you know, and, and, and here's the amazing thing. It's actually a bit funky. Well, that's right. Yeah. It, it's a gorgeous-looking piece of kit, isn't yeah. it? I, I wonder if it's, if it's um, too late for them that everybody's now moving to, uh, to the tablet format and that this is, in effect, a laptop. But it, it looks very much like... So what I've done with my iPad yeah. is uh, got a keyboard cover um, that I snap on the top. It keeps it all in one place, and it acts like a laptop. But it's not got that uh, terrible laggy boot up time. If I want to install yeah. something, I'm off to the app store and back again. It's it's instant. Well, it's quick. It's clean. That's hopefully what this will deliver. I think for some people say it is. A, some people say it is a laptop. Mm. You could look at that. I think you could say it's a tablet optimized for Office. Yep. I, I think yeah. it, it prob- it's probably whatever you want it to be is right. is where it fits. So if you if you want it to be an iPad replacement, then it then it yep. does that, and it's got the app store. It's got the snappy boot up. Yeah, you could turn it off and turn it back on, and yeah. it, and, it, and it will give you the instant <clears> on. It's got that sort of long battery life. It's it's thin and light like the iPad. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the question that I've seen on uh, on Twitter and online from uh, from Pete from yeah possibly more sort of Mac and 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 uh, iPad sort of oriented fans as well. It's all well and good, but where are the apps? That's right. And I guess that's the area where Microsoft. Um, usually, apps. usually plays fairly well, so I'm yeah. not quite so concerned about whether the apps are going to come to Windows I'm 8. Not, I, I, look, apps are important, but they're not everything. And it's it's, it's the same as when the Windows Phone came along. It was, it was the same. Where are the apps? You know, there's only a thousand apps on the Windows Phone. There's a million apps on the, the um, uh, iPhone. Yeah, yeah I think Apple Windows Apple. Phone's up to a hundred thousand now, yeah, isn't it? Right. So that so yeah. they so, they so, move reasonably yeah. quickly. So with how these many things. you got on your phone? Do you yeah. have a million apps on your phone? <laughs> no, no, but I've got the ones that I want. No. And that's, that's the, the, the point. I mean, I've just swapped from an iPhone to an Android, uh, and I've been surprised by uh, apps not being available. So uh, some of the banking apps aren't there. Yeah. Um, some of the games i played, uh, even down to for my Twitter client, I used Echophone um, religiously on all my iDevices. It's not there on Android. It's, it's that kind of thing that, um, uh, you know, people are expecting a certain level of, yeah, yeah. of application. But that, the, but, it's got to be there. But the key apps, I think, are there. Mm. Uh, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, I don't think you should underestimate what having um, 
Excel and Word. That's right. On a tablet yep. is going to mean for corporate users. Oh, absolutely. And I think the, you're dead right. The corporate market is, um, you know, they're already coming under pressure from all these people who say, well, I've got an iPad at home that does more than the kit you give me in the office. Let me bring it in. Uh, this is a perfect solution for a lot of those. If, uh, it, if it can deliver if both well, yeah, that's right. uh, you know, I'll be I'll be happy to have that, and you know, I won't be using my iPad anymore mm. if it can if it can do the iPad type functions as well as the iPad, and then I'll dock it in at the office and plug it into I my big wonder, monitor. I mean, I agree with you, Bill. That this um, they've been lacking a strategy in this area, uh, and I read an interesting article about um, uh, how much of this blame you can lay at Steve Ballmer's feet. Uh, and I think I, I tend to agree with the piece, which was that uh, he's he's refused to play in some of the biggest spaces yeah. that we've seen in the last few years. Mobility um, uh, has swept by. The entire market has changed. It wasn't that long ago we were talking about BlackBerry versus Windows as your right. operating system. That's right. Yeah. And now uh, it's it's Apple versus Android. Uh, and and everybody else is in a, dis, a distant yeah. distant third and, place. And I guess there are a lot of players you know, that that oh, that fell out of the market there, right? It's, it's not it's not just uh, Microsoft, no, uh, you know, no, Nokia their, uh, and BlackBerry. Yeah. They've they've all really lost lost their shirts yep, over yep. what Apple and Google Motorola, have been so Sony successful Ericsson, with. All these yeah. companies that uh, we used to treat almost as household names which you just don't play anymore. I think and, you and knew there was something wrong with Microsoft and Bauer when he ran around <laughs> saying developers, developers, you know. Um, that's, the, when, the, <laughs> you know <laughs> that's when you knew there was the, something, there was something missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, um, shouting at people saying, uh, we're not having that Google word mentioned in, in this yep. office and throwing your chairs around. Yeah. Uh, that's, <laughs> um, you know, there, there, are, there are certain movements in the, in the industry that have happened in the last few years that Microsoft has um, refused to take part in for but, too long, I think. Uh, yeah, I think uh, you're right. You know, and they're I, slowly catching but up. But what, what, is, what we're seeing now suggests that they've probably been trying to turn their turn the big, you know, yep. the good ship Microsoft yeah. around That's right. uh, for it actually for, for quite a long time, yeah, yeah. for maybe two or, you know, I guess when we look back on Windows Phone, that was, you know, three to four years ago yep. that they sta- they started working on that uh, uh, that. Uh, new version and then they threw some stuff out and started again yep. uh, Windows 8 looks like a similar sort of project where behind the scenes they've had some smart people that yep. are getting it yep. and realising that hold on we're, we're way we're, off track that's here. right uh, and you know towards the end of this year I think we're, we're going to start seeing the fruit of what's gone mm. on behind the scenes but it's only now that they're actually showing their hand and saying Oh this look, is, we've got we this do. really cohesive strategy of yeah. Xbox yeah. and Windows 8, Windows RT, uh, Windows Phone, and they're actually going to, yeah. uh, or they've got the potential to deliver something really good. What I'm concerned about is whether they get the importance of being truly global That's right. with, with these things. And we've seen uh, you know, Microsoft uh, being ahead of the ahead of, I guess, the general game in some spaces, like uh, Spotify, for instance, yeah. which just come into the market. We've got uh, probably th- at least three music streaming services here in New Zealand. Mm. All of those launched well after Microsoft's Zoom music service yep. that's been in the US for years. So, you know, they couldn't yeah. get that one right. Will will they really uh, roll all of these things out equally on a global basis that's or, right. or well, will they, that's, they that's, leave, it, leave money on the table? That's the problem mm. with the multinational. But I had a fascinating conversation online with, um, with Brett Roberts about this. Um, and Brett used to be uh, fairly senior guy. at Microsoft. Yeah, he's a yeah. Microsoft guy. He's yeah. still he's still a believer. He's one of the chosen. And and but he's he's a good guy. And he's 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 got this fascinating perspective. He says, and I think it's, I think it's a good point here, is that this is like a, a reboot of mm. Microsoft. This is what, that's my words. It it's is. a reboot yeah. of Microsoft. But he says that actually it's going to put them ahead of Apple on the OS front for the for tablets, because Apple. Apple's got such a huge installed base now that it has exactly the problem that Microsoft had for years, and that is it can't move its users yeah. over to something new. Whereas Microsoft is actually starting from ground zero mm. in this space. So he, so Brett's theory is is that this is actually more than just a catch up. It's actually, you know. See yeah. you believing you behind. Now, I Brett think was in marketing, pushing, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably no, pushing it. A bit, I think that's probably pushing it a bit far. But I yeah. do think, I do think that it's far more dramatic than 
you know, oh, it is. It might look yeah, at yeah. first sight. And, and I'm pleased to see it coming out of the hardware side of things because uh, Microsoft's hardware has always been undervalued. It is fantastic yeah. kit. It is They good do kit. very good kit. You look at the Xbox 360. Once they added Connect on the front, one of the fastest selling uh, consumer electronic goods of all time. And there's a reason for that. That thing is incredibly powerful. And when you link, line up the, the three screens, you know, the one in your pocket, the one in your hands, whether it's a laptop or a tablet, and your television, uh, that is a very powerful structure. And I think if Microsoft get that right, they're, they're really on a hiding to nothing here. It'll be great. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't want to be Acer at the moment. No, um, no. Which is the other interesting thing about this, is the fact that they've, they've left the, those guys. But you know something? And this is, this is the other thing which, I, mm. you know, which I've actually pointed out made before, which is actually upsetting some people. I think they deserve it. I don't think like, I don't think the hardware makers have done enough innovation. The the there's, Asus, there's one or two that have done some good products. We've seen some good bits and pieces yeah, from yeah. Samsung oh, and, the, and the tablet right. and laptop no, no, we've, space. No, we so. have seen some nice products, but look, the thing is, is that the Acer's, the Lenovo's, the HP's, and so on, they've been content to take their technology direction from Microsoft and Intel for at least a decade. There hasn't right. been much innovation in form factors. In no. Well, you know, that goes right back to when Toshiba ran the laptop market. They were the only company putting a serious amount of their revenue into research and development. Uh, When they faded away for whatever reason in the the late 90s, early 2000s, nobody has stepped up from the hardware side to replace them except Microsoft. But the thing is, is Toshiba faded away at that point Mm. because they were spending money on research and development. Other people weren't. They were just taking generic stuff. That's right. So, so, So that's what... You know, yeah. To some extent, I think Microsoft had to do this. They had to do an end run around their, um, uh, around their well, own what, partners. What we, what we don't know is just how much of a run around their partners are they doing mm-hmm. and how involved they and are. This, this doesn't seem to be clear yet. Microsoft is still keeping things fairly uh, close to their, their chest, which is a bit of a, ch- a change from the way they used to operate mm-hmm. in the past. Um, and... So I guess part part of that picture is we don't we still don't know the international perspective. So we don't know whether this is really just a a game from Microsoft to give yeah. a bit of a prod to the Lenovo's and the Aces and the HP to say, hey, this is what you should be coming out with, uh, or whether they're going to make the Surface tablets available broadly on a on a global, global on a global basis yeah, yeah. in in three months' time. Now my my pick is is that they're not going to because I think there's a there's a lot of work to do to mm. set up those. I know Microsoft have global distribution uh, channels uh, and I guess they've got the Xbox and so on, but you know, I certainly haven't heard a whole lot of uh, whispers coming from within the industry yeah. uh, around how they, how they would handle these logistics. Well, I think, I think there's two things in there, right? Take, just for sake of argument, take Dell's PC business. Um, Dell probably don't make everything by a long shot. I mean, the, the laptops mm. certainly they don't make. So, what value are they adding? The value they're adding is their brand, their That's marketing, right. and so on. Um, the the designs come from, as I say, Microsoft or Intel. Where's Where's Dell going to go? Is Dell going to go to Android for its laptops? I don't think so. Is there gonna, are there going to be Dell Chromebooks that take pick up the stuff? I don't think so. They can't buy it from Apple, so I, they don't yeah. really have anywhere to go. They I think I think Microsoft's you know got them by the short. They're, they're in a strong position. Mm-hmm. There, there was a uh, a piece I read this week on uh, you know has Microsoft opened the, the door to the Linux desktop, and no. you know <laughs> I, I think no. there are some people that that would be uh, uh, a bit more open to other operating s- systems. Yeah. Uh, but realistically, when people go out and buy a PC or a laptop. Uh, today, mm. the the large majority of them, if they're not buying, uh, a, um, you know, a Mac product, then they're buying it to run Windows. And in fact, there are some people buying uh, Apple products and then putting Windows on it because they they like the hardware. Right. So, yeah. if Microsoft, um, I guess, were ballsy enough to come into the market and and actually distribute their products broadly uh, through, a, you know, uh, both internationally and through a, a, a range of channels. Uh, I think they could take a pretty big slice of the uh, of the market. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I spent a year editing a, a site for Linux users, and we looked at desktop. I mean, I spent time using desktop Linux, and it yeah, you know, it works. It's functional. Mm. It's not actually that horrible. It's just that you can't do lots of things. I mean, we were talking <laughs> about apps in the um, yeah. in the phone world. Mm. Well, you know, Windows apps just 
kill anything in, in, in the in the Linux in terms space. Of desktop, there's a reason what, what, why everybody uses. So it. so it's, what about uh, uh, Android sliding down to um, you know to, to to cover those uh, to cover those other other bases? It's not going to happen. No, Chrome, no. Chrome, Chromebook horrible. Yeah, but and, give it some time. I think. I mean, if any, if anyone can do it, I would think it would be Google. Yeah. In the Linux space, would be the, you know, we've got uh, there, and there's a whole range of of Linux vendors, uh, and, uh, you know, we've got Canonical that are that are making making moves in that space mm. as, as well. Um, but, uh, you know, you would think that that only somebody as well funded as Google could actually, uh, you know, put a, any sort of heavy of dent into yeah. uh, into Microsoft's operating system uh, licenses. And would they care if they were making the revenue uh, of selling they all don't the need hardware? The money. No, no, that's right. that's right. So They're they, they could actually soak uh, up some cash. May, oh. Maybe if uh, if we ended up with Linux having a, a similar market share to uh, OS X, I think um, about a year. It wouldn't I, matter. I, I think about a year ago, it, it may have been more recent. Uh, Google started selling a laptop which had the Chrome operating system. Have you seen one? Yeah. You have? Have you seen one, Paul? No. 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 Not yeah. out in the wild. No. No, and I, no, and I, have, no. I, I, I yeah. haven't even heard of anyone using one in New Zealand. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have heard of people using you know, Ubuntu or, or yeah. Mint yeah. or whatever, but I haven't seen a Chromebook in the wild. And I, have, I certainly haven't seen one in a Dick Smith's or anywhere. Yeah, no. Well, uh, the one I saw was uh, with uh, Owen, who writes for uh, Neo, when he'd picked one yeah, up through, okay. you know, via the US. He's required by law to have one. Uh, yeah. uh, so, you know, there, there's, a, there's certainly, a, you know, there's a few of them around. Um, but, yeah, that, that's, mm. that will be, a, a, I think it would be, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fascinating to see whether, whether Microsoft are willing to make that sort of move on their, on their partners and what, and what the impact of it would be? How much market share could they take? Will it really? Would it stir up the market yeah, to produce yeah. a a better product? I, I, I think yeah. You're looking at a market that's now um, fragmenting, and yeah. uh, the desktop market in particular is becoming the realm of either the corporate or uh, the the high end gamer. Um, everybody else is going mobile, and in the mobile world, it's it's tablets, tablets mm-hmm. all the way. It's tablets all the way down. And that's um, you know that's they're already playing in that space. And, mm-hmm. and let's face it, I mean, an Android tablet is a second-rate tablet. Well, at the moment, you know, having yeah. ha- you know, I've been playing with the uh, the Samsung Galaxy um, S3 phone for the last couple of weeks. It's uh, it's a it's a step up from the iPhone. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen anything to match my iPad yet in the tablet market, but I would I, you know don't rule them out yet. The, the next generation. No, I, th- I mean Google are going to just keep by. pouring money into this they stuff. Sure. So yeah. uh, you know, uh, it's I getting there. It's it's you know it's got a few foibles, but it, you know I, I see them spending a lot of money in this area. And and these uh, the, well, I guess the markets you know the market's converging, and you mm. know Google started on the phone and did very well. They've Pushed it across and into the tablet space, and yep. sure they haven't um, got a you know a, a crazy market share there uh, at the yep. moment, and certainly what what Windows 8's doing is going to uh, make that a challenge. But uh, if Google want to be there, they will keep they throwing will. money yeah, at this right. in the yeah. same way that Microsoft have done in various markets and in years gone by, uh, and and are doing now with Windows 8 to actually win a mm. slice of the market. Except I think that Google's two generations behind in the um, tablet space in, in terms of the OS. And Microsoft might be half a generation ahead. You know, so... Mm. Um, oh, it's, it'll be very interesting mm. to see the three of them play it out. I think yeah. the tablet space is a lot more interesting for all three players and for us as users than the phone market, which has dropped down now yeah. to basically Google versus uh, Apple. And I also think that, you know, we, we, what we haven't said here is that PC era, mm. has it ended? Well, I think I'm definitely post-PC. I'm looking at my machine. I haven't updated it for a while. I use it for playing games, and that is about it. Everything I, else has gone mobile. I use a desktop with a huge screen because I can have two pages side yeah, by side, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, that's it. For yeah. word processing, it's a giant word processor. I guess it depends how you define PC because mm. you know um, you could call your phone a PC. It's a personal yeah, computer, it right? Is. It is. Uh, it's, the it's, most it's, it's, it's just the traditional types yeah, yeah. of PCs. The big bulky uh, desktop. Uh, you know, yeah. have... have uh, um, lost popularity, but um, yeah, we've all got a PC in our pocket. So yeah, yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's just a sort of a redefining on on uh, That's right. on what the what the technology is. Now, um, local topics. Uh, 
Kim.com had a pool party over the he weekend with some of his I Twitter followers. Oh, I, d- I didn't get invited either. Ben Gracewood, you dirty stop out, went off swimming uh, in, in uh, Coatesville without inviting his buddies along. His and mates, his far now. And Where eating were we? Shocking. Eating Shocking. cupcakes by the pool. Yeah. They looked delicious too. They did. They did. So, um, so just a word out to, um, to Kim. I've sent you a tweet. Um, you, you have been invited on the podcast. You can bring your pool or we can, uh, we can sit around and do a podcast around the pool. But yep. Uh, don't don't say uh, that uh, that we're not cheering the love. Um, so uh, so word goes out to Kim. We'll, bring, we'll bring the beers, yeah. and uh, and if you bring the cupcakes, then uh, then the party's on. But uh, word is he's uh, he's saying that uh, he's going to put on a big pool party for uh, <laughs> for for everyone. So, oh, we're in. So uh, it'll it, give me time to work on my tan. <laughs> interesting times ahead. I so. see he's only got one. He's only following. He's got. Tens of thousands of followers by now, um, without any effort at all. He's only following one person, and that's Barack Obama. So you know, challenges out there, Kim. There's three of us sitting here. You, you know our uh, Twitter handles now. You can follow us to begin with. <laughs> so long as we beat Ben Gracewood to it, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, no, it's all uh, all good fun stuff. It, it's good, and it's good to have uh, New Zealand. Uh, uh, happenings in the limelight. I saw this was getting uh, got picked up on all sorts yep. of news outlets around the world again. So yeah, that's uh, right. Kind of kind of good fun uh, fun humorous stuff. Um, now back to uh, back to serious topics. Uh, she says there's there's a few here. I'm just thinking what we're going to uh, what we're going to squeeze in now. <laughs> One one that I found interesting, uh, as as we've uh, and we've talked about this a lot on the podcast about uh, streaming content through mm. overseas services such as Netflix, uh, Amazon, who in recent weeks have have uh, had their um, their uh, video streaming app added to the uh, the Xbox. Yep. Uh, if you jump through all the necessary hoops, um, it's been announced that Amazon have added um, four TV projects. Um, into uh, into development. Mm. So what we're starting to now see is actually these uh, companies that are doing the video streaming actually uh, throwing money behind um, their own their own uh, TV programs being developed right, right. that will be exclusive to uh, to that particular channel. We've seen yeah. Netflix do it as well. Mm. Um, so and that is the way forward from here, yeah. isn't it? Well. That's going to create some problems, though, isn't it? Because you know, if you like a particular program, and yep. then it's only going to be through this one streaming channel, so you're going to end you, up you needing have to, to have dozens, um, of them. you know, needing <laughs> to buy a subscription to all the uh, all the streaming that's, channels. That's right. It's and it's it's, it's a, probably the next evolution of the market as we move from the old distribution world of. Um, uh, the studio owns the producers. They make the television. We then want the television beamed out to us where we want it, uh, on the device we want, at the time we want, for a certain price point. Uh, and they're struggling with that because, of course, they don't want you to do, have that. They want you to pay money uh, because not every program is successful. So uh, the successful pro- programs help fund the less the successful ones, and it goes around in a big circle. When you break that circle, as we are all doing, um, either by uh, accessing content we're not allowed to or by just outright stealing it, uh, it causes them no end of trouble. This is the solution to that. Um, you know, we don't necessarily need those big distribution houses anymore. Uh, they are um, rapidly becoming dinosaurs, uh, and if they've had their heads cut off, they haven't noticed yet. They're just thrashing around all over the place. The new model is... Um, funding from an alternate source and, and organisations like Netflix or Amazon are the perfect place for that funding to uh, originate. But can they get the budgets together for really good quality programming? They can. Um, uh, the, the question is that the old studio system as it exists today uh, churns out an awful lot of dross because yeah. they actually don't know how to make television. Yeah. They don't know how to make good content. Uh, it, when they do have good content, um, and I'm such a, a nerd, I'm actually going to bring up Firefly, uh, you know, when they have good content and they don't know what to do with it, uh, they dump it like a hot brick, even though it's clearly proven it's worth several times over. Under the new model, if we're all paying for the content episode by episode, uh, we get to tell them by voting with our wallets. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Top Gear at its peak um, uh, was the most pirated show on on television, uh, off television, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it was 300 million people a week tuning in to watch Top Gear. If everybody paid a dollar, even Jeremy yep. Clarkson would be happy with that. Uh, if even only ten percent, you'd, made, like, you'd like to dollar, think that anyway. You'd, you'd hope he'd be okay with <laughs> well, that, wouldn't you? That's, that's my that's my point about pirate piracy mm. and videos that 
and stuff like that is yeah. that the pricing is wrong. The pricing, yeah, the pricing is, is just wrong. plain wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I will not spend $180 a month or whatever it's going to take to subscribe to channels of content yeah. I don't want just in order to get the one or two things that I do want. I want to watch them now. I want to watch them on my iPad or on my phone because I'm sitting on a bus or I'm on a train or the kids are on the TV watching well, some rubbish and I want to watch something else. I can walk into my local video store, pick up a DVD and get an entire season of a TV series. Yep. Say, you know, what, what's your fancy? Downton Abbey, Red Dwarf, whatever. Right. And it's like six or seven dollars. That's right. You know, to watch an entire season. Yeah, yeah. Right. Go to these providers and so on. Oh, oh, oh by the way, that DVD has been made in a plant. It's been yep. You know, some Packaged plastic up. dug out mm. the ground. Mm. That's mm. right. It's been trucked around the place. Shipped I think I said this before, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's all those costs. Yeah. Whereas something that comes across the wire doesn't cost anything for distribution. Mm. And it costs 3 or $4 an episode. Yeah. So what's, what's wrong with their model? You yeah. know, it, 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 no, they, the model is broken. And uh, the sooner they realize that and try and adapt to the new structure, instead we're seeing this rearguard action of... Uh, let's uh, let's um, uh, people are trying to steal our stuff. Therefore, we need to prosecute them, and we need stronger laws and all of that side of things. The enforcement arm of uh, copyright, which I'm sorry, they've, they've got their model wrong there as well. We're not stealing it because we want it for free. Yeah. We're stealing it because we can't get it. We just can't get it any yeah. other way. And that's where um, um, it's, I mean, it's good to see we've got quick flicks on the market in, right. in New Zealand now. Yep. Um, there's a fair bit of content, um, you know, starting to sort of it's bubble through and, yeah, into yeah. quick flicks. Well, it's nowhere near, uh, you know, what we're used to for those right. of us that are subscribing to the US services like uh, Amazon and Netflix. Yep. Um, now there has been some word around Netflix. Uh, coming, back com, to com, coming to New Zealand uh, this year. So, yeah. well, I, I, I think there's an important point here is that Netflix, as an organisation, is bigger and more powerful than the studios. Mm. And it's probably bigger and more powerful than, you know, dare we say, Sky in New Zealand. And yeah. so they, Are we allowed to say that? Are we? You're oh, oh. And they, they have, but potentially it can go over their heads. Well, it can. It can. I mean, Sky has made a, a big case about not having any of uh, the particular rights um, that we're talking about are uh, SVOD, subscriber video on demand. Yeah. Uh, and that means that you can um, buy the rights to a show under this license. You can then uh, put it on the internet and allow people to pay per episode, per show, mm. uh, per season, whatever you want. And, uh, and they can screen it whenever they like. Sky doesn't have any of those rights. Sky goes out of its way to tell everybody that it only has channel rights for pay TV. And it's a different rights uh, market that it's playing in. And it has no problem with anybody setting up an SVOD service. So, great. Let's get in and do that. We don't need a channel. So, what, so my question is, why, uh, why isn't Sky doing it themselves? Yep. Right, yep. because they've got uh, they've got Fatso that do the, the do they the do. DVD do. rentals, which exactly. is is really that's how Netflix started that's, that's out. Was where most was Netflix money still r- comes from? Renting, uh, you know, posting d- DVDs, DVDs and, yeah. and Blu-ray discs that's out. Right, right. Yep. Um, so, uh, so, so why, an why don't to that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Sky says um, they'd love to do it. Uh, that the rights holders are very difficult to negotiate with, and I'd believe that because they're Hollywood and yeah. they're evil, uh, and uh, that New Zealand is so small. Uh, that when they come to them and say, hey, we'd like to get the rights for our um, potentially 4 million population, they say, yes, yes, first of all, we're going to deal with Britain and then Europe and then Brazil and then Japan and then Australia and then Canada. And then and by the time we get down to you, you know, it'll be fine. You'll be an add-on as, a, as an accessory So that's, where, that's where the Netflix and even exactly. QuickFlix that are out of Australia yep. have a better chance yep. because... Netflix is signing deals US, UK already, so they can just turn it into a global deal. So you know, yeah, that well, and and maybe that's the case. So um, maybe it's time for uh, anyone that's a shareholder in uh, in some of these old school uh, uh, companies to start thinking about where you know where where they're going to be and where they're going to be where Sky going to be in ten years, for instance, right? What what what's going to happen? So we'll we'll leave that to everyone's imagination. now, another one we should chat about, Paul, while you're here yep. is uh, is two ants. Two ants itself. Two ants. What, yes. What's happening with two ants? This, well, um, yeah, that's a very good question. We are um, a members organisation, so we have about three hundred to three hundred and fifty corporate members. We've got another seventy to one hundred uh, individuals, uh, but we're a predominantly um, member-led organisation, which means that I get all my funding from the members. 
Uh, and in years gone by, Two Ends has made um, quite a bit of money over the years from holding a series of events throughout the year uh, and getting sponsorship in and all the usual round of things. That doesn't make any money anymore. Um, people are time poor. There's not enough um, sponsorship money out there. Last year with the Rugby World Cup, for instance, uh, we really struggled to get sponsorship of anything uh, because we weren't a rugby ball. We were a tech conference. Yeah, so did uh, everyone, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's one of the great stories of the Rugby World Cup. Um, but um, I do think there are a lot of free alternatives or, or relatively cheap alternatives out there. So the events market simply hasn't made money. That's left us in an awkward position where we're now totally reliant on membership revenue uh, for our longevity. And uh, we're, we've gone out to the members, said, so who are, who are the members? Who, members who, who, tend to be big corporates. So we've got a lot of um, anybody who, who makes great use of telecommunications, lots of, lots of users. So we have the banks, insurance companies, a lot of the big government departments. Uh, and all of them are under a tight financial squeeze at the moment. And the, one of the first things that disappears is membership of organisations. So what do, what do they get out of those memberships? Because I know as, as a general public, mm. you know, we get benefits out of out of two ends, that's, you that's know, right. going in and stirring things up and, yeah, and, yeah. and lobbying with the government to say, hey, change this, do yep. that, let's have some more competition here, let's deal with issues, uh, you know, uh, that, that relate to us all. Mm. W- what are the benefits of well, those well, organisations? Well, the corporates, um, uh, in years gone by they've been able to access the telcos a lot more directly because we've held some of these events we've been able to handhold and and help them in a lot of them now have reached the stage where they they are big enough and ugly enough that they can pick up the phone ring telecom and get somebody to answer the call which uh, means they don't necessarily need us for their own use they they like to you know one of the members i was talking to last week said you know i haven't needed you guys for years but we'll keep funding you because i know that other people out there do need your services and that works okay when everybody's got lots of money, but when times are tight, that's one of the things that drops off. And mm. that means that we're in this position now where if we don't get enough membership um, support in the next couple of months, uh, we've really reached the end of the line. We have to then decide, do we cut back on what we do? Uh, and I've done a lot of that in the last 18 months. There's not much left to cut. Uh, or do we simply say, job's done, uh, we have to wrap it up without some additional source of funding? Well, that's, that's where I was going to come in, because because you know, go back to November when mm. Telecom separated, and I guess a lot of members probably thought, well, that's it. You know, We no longer have one dominant company, that it's job done. And I should think that those people were probably thinking that well, you know, all the way up to, what, a couple of weeks ago when Vodafone announced they were buying Telstra Clear, yeah. and suddenly we've gone from... Yeah. what looked like an open competitive market back to what could become very quickly a duopoly again. Uh, and, the, the, you know, the, these are big concerns. And um, uh, in the mobile space, I think we've, we've gone a long way in the last um, two or three years, as we say, with two degrees coming into the market. A lot of that is off the back of work that Two Ends has done in years gone by to encourage competition uh, and to encourage the government to set up an infrastructure that allows competitors to come in and spend money. Uh, for a very long time, the only company investing in New Zealand in the telco sector was Telecom, uh, who used to make a lot of noise about how it was the only investor, mm. predominantly because nobody else could get a foot in the door. So now we've got a, uh, a level playing field that's actually flat rather than vertical. Uh, we, we can actually start to see some investment coming in, and it's happening in, in strides. We've got the ultra-fast broadband network. We've got the rural broadband initiative. We've got uh, the 700 megahertz spectrum being sold. All of these things are going to bring in an awful lot of investment into the country. Uh, for me, the real conversation now is not so much about uh, can we have a network, please, because we're starting to get to the point where it's, it's usable. The conversation now is what are we going to do with it to really grow New Zealand's economic future? Because we've got a great opportunity here to uh, become a leader in this digital economy. Uh, the danger is that we say, oh, yes, yes, that's all fine, but, um, you know, um, uh, we're, we're good with what we've got, thanks. Our email's now a wee bit quicker, and we miss a trick. Uh, and if we do that, it'll, it'll be an opportunity lost. I, I really do see this as a major turning point for the country. Well, and, you know, we need to be there to, to um, and help thing is that Time just marches on. I mean, I remember I went to, I left New Zealand to go to Australia for 10 years. Mm. And I left around about 95. And I, when I left here to go to Australia, I was disappointed at how crap the internet was and how crap telecommunications was in Australia compared with what I got in New Zealand. Right. 
10 years later, I come back to New Zealand and I'm disappointed with how crap the system was in New Zealand compared with everything I got used to in Australia. And it it really was the case. New Zealand didn't move an inch forward in a decade. Um, And I came back and the speeds were, yeah, they were faster than when I left. But had they kept up? No. no. And pricing and availability and no. reach and, and uh, differentiation. You know, we, we're in a situation now where uh, Australian ISPs offer four or five times the data caps yep. that we offer in New Zealand. We're in a situation where we've got one provider of international connectivity. Uh, we're in a situation where potentially we, we'll get the UFB uh, network built over the next 10 years. But maybe not if there's not enough uptake. You know, the money will stop if there isn't enough demand for it. And we're, we're likely not to see it in, in homes and um, uh, suburbs around the country if there isn't enough demand. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of big issues still on the horizon. Um, and we've talked about quite a few of them today. Rural broadband is a, is a critical factor for economic growth of New Zealand. Uh, and, and you need somebody from the user side barracking for these changes to be made. Uh, otherwise, um, you know, we'll end up with a situation where the government will say, oh, it's perfectly fine. We'll, we'll have a 10-year regulatory holiday to get this ultra-fast network built. That'll be fine. Nobody's got a problem with that, have they? Uh, and it takes organisations like Two Ends to stand up and say, well, actually, that's a really stupid idea, and here's why, and to spell it out and to keep hammering them until they make a change. Yeah. Uh, and I think the other point that just needs to be said is, supposing, supposing it does go away in the next mm. few months, Getting it back again in five years' time is going to be bloody awful. It's going to be difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Organisations like this. I've got a basement at the moment. We've we've cut a lot of costs in the last year, and uh, we shut down the um, the physical office uh, because we're in telecommunications, so I can work from anywhere. So I've got an iPad and an iPhone. I sit in the cafes, and it's all good. But I've got a basement full of twenty five years history of telecommunications fighting here in the country. Uh, and it's second to none. And, you know, trying to rebuild that lost knowledge, as you say, in five years' time will be very difficult. Yeah, and it's very it's very hard to get these things back, you know, mm. back underway again if they um, if they stop. Well, all the best with that, Paul. Thank you. Uh, I'll keep you posted. And, and certainly for uh, listeners that are in uh, key places, and, we, and we, we know our listeners are sort of far and wide across, um, you know, not just uh, consumers, but we've got, uh, you know, all sorts of, really involved in, in probably every part of the, the technology and telecommunication sector around New Zealand. So uh, if you're uh, somebody that can make a difference in these regards, then uh, definitely get in touch with, uh, with Paul. Thank you for uh, that. Or, uh, or, or jump in behind and, uh, and, and pay your uh, subscription. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, now, look, we're probably uh, about out of time, but one thing, we, you know, we had quite a bit of discussion before we, uh, before we started recording around some of the TV uh, mm. programs that... Uh, uh, that we've been listening to through the through the likes of uh, Netflix and, and and so on through these international services, um, I, you know, I thought it would be good uh, just maybe get a, a, a pick from uh, from each of you of what <laughs> uh, what you're watching that's cool out there that you probably can't get in in New Zealand yep. through uh, our traditional broadcasters, uh, but uh, but you've been enjoying lately. Oh, look, it's a golden age of television, particularly drama. I think there's so much going on in the world at the moment in this area that is. Just just fantastic, and I've been watching uh, Justified, which was on TVNZ briefly. Um, we're up to season three in the states; is finished now. Uh, I've been watching one of my favourites is um, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency from the BBC. There was no sign of that out here at all so far. They've cancelled it in the UK, so I'm sure we'll get it in the next eighteen months or yeah, so. Yeah. But it's well worth a look. It's it's um, it's great uh, great acting, very funny stuff. It's good. Cool. Yeah, I saw Dirk Gently too. Um, and um, I've been watching Boardwalk Empire, which I yes. like. <laughs> There's something of the drug of the uh, of the um, the smuggler in you, I can tell. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The it doesn't, the doesn't really relate to 21st century Auckland. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And yeah, for I mean, for me, uh, there's been there's been a couple. Uh, one which has aired here in New Zealand before was Spooks, mm. uh, oh, which yes. uh, which is on uh, Netflix. Uh, the, and it's, it's, it's the yeah, yeah the American the American version is on. Oh yeah, so you can get it through QuickFlix. Mm. Uh, I don't know how many seasons that they've got on there just yet, but I noticed that yeah. Netflix or Amazon, I think both of them actually uh, have it. 
uh, under its US title, which is just MI5. Mm. Uh, And there are now uh, lots and lots of uh, episodes on there. I wonder how the Americans take that. It gets quite critical of America at various points, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that that yeah. one that one's well worth the watch. Uh, and the other one uh, is White Collar, uh, which, which is quite cool. So um, I I won't um, I won't spoil the surprise. But the uh, um, the first you know the first episode sort of op- opens it up and gets it started, and then it just sort of follows from uh, from there. Retro it may sound, but I've rediscovered the neighbourhood video store, and it's wonderful. They they now have season after season of TV shows on DVD for next to nothing. It's yep. cheaper than buying by the episode through through the online Absolutely services, isn't is. it? By yeah. by a big a big amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's so much is. And the thing is you can get to keep them you can get to keep them for a week for three bucks. Yeah. And you know not only that, I get exercise. What more can you ask for? You can't ask for better than that. Can <laughs> as you? long as you don't get scratched, uh, does that was the, the last time I went to physical media was when uh, we we were and you can roll back quite a few episodes if you want to hear our discussion about it was uh, three three D HD projectors that we did oh, sort of uh, around right. Christmas time, and uh, so I was trying out the three D Blu ray discs and so on, and uh, yeah, I, I was actually. Um, yeah, highly annoyed with uh, with this physical media that uh, you would rent, and then it was scratched, and you get three quarters of the way through a movie and and, uh, and run in, run into yeah, problems. Yeah, so yeah. Um, uh, maybe that's more prevalent with Blu-ray being a little bit more uh, finicky about these things, or maybe I was just really unlucky, and it very rarely happens. I'm not sure because I don't rent enough media. No, yeah, no. I've, I've, but I've had that problem with the digital files, which are degraded as yeah, well, yeah. skipping, <laughs> yeah. skipping, and slipping. Yeah, uh, so yeah, you, yeah. I guess you can you can just get issues, can't you? That's right. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it'd yeah. be dull otherwise, wouldn't it? We'd have nothing to talk about. Yeah, uh, but actually, uh, I, I mentioned white collar. That was one where I think the 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 streaming, you know, the unlimited streaming services like Netflix have just got the first two series, right. and there's now two more series. Excellent. So the other day, I got you know annoyed enough at the at the delay that all right, I'm just going to have a quick peek at this new series, and of course. Yeah, you're paying something like two dollars uh, US per episode. Per episode. Uh, yeah. So yeah, maybe that's something I need to uh, I need to pick up on uh, on Blu-ray when I'm uh, when I'm in the in the US uh, rather than paying uh, two dollars per episode. But uh, yeah, that, then that's probably expensive if you buy it outright. So really, the video store is quite a good option if mm. they've got these well, uh, the, these be. series. Yeah, so yeah, that's uh, right. share the load. That's it's, what it's, all about. Uh, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. If if I guess they can't deliver a good uh, service that people need, then they'll be gone again too, yeah. right? And there's oh, just right. so many uh, uh, sectors of well, the, the market that uh, well, Paul, you know, are disappearing. That they, they, they're shutting down big time overseas, mm. but that's not happening in New Zealand yet. That's because we still don't have decent cable TV yeah. competition and we don't have any of these streaming services uh, really to speak of uh, beyond quick clicks. Well, and there's only one provider in Sky, isn't yeah, there, yeah. as you say, so not, not the competition. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Pent-up right. demand. There's a lot of it. Yeah. Well, uh, roll on ultra-fast broadband. I'm still uh, hoping to be able to report back on my experiences with it at home on an episode very, 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 very soon. Uh, I've been, I stare at the cabinet every time I uh, uh, pull into my house and... Uh, and wonder when uh, the chorus website is going to light up with a thing saying that it's installed rather than that it's due in June. Uh, and I don't know whether that will be in this month or next month. But uh, there's not a I'll, lot of June left. I will be reporting back on those <laughs> those experiences hopefully uh, hopefully very soon. Um, but I think that probably brings us to a close of this episode. Now, uh, guys, how do uh, how do listeners track you down online, Bill? Um, Bill Bennett NZ on Twitter and uh, BillBennett.co.nz is my website. Excellent, thank you. And, and I am Paul Brislin uh, on Twitter, um, and Two Ends website is twoands.org.nz. And if you'd like to join up, it's twoands.org.nz slash join, which is nice and easy. Get in there. Get excellent, in. excellent. All right, and uh, you can track me down uh, on Twitter at Paul Spain. Uh, and techjungle.com or paulspain.com are my uh, my blogging locations. Uh, of course, you can find the NZ Tech Podcast online at nztechpodcast.com. 
uh, Twitter is NZ Tech Podcast, and uh, we like to be liked at facebook.com slash NZ Tech Podcast. So, uh, hey, thanks everyone for listening in. We will catch you again next week uh, when we hit episode 77. See ya. <laughs>